0: The title of my message today is that God loves building strong churches. God loves building strong churches. Now, how many of you love making things? Um, well, I can see those hands waving, but we all do. I enjoy building. Lynn enjoys sewing and knitting. Um, but what is the most important thing when we, when we make things, when we make specially complex things? Now you're right, you need plans, uh, you need good clear plans. Now I've built a few houses and I need plans, plans to start building a strong foundation. And I've seen houses where people have not had plans that made them up and the results are not good. Uh, plans are very important. So my sermon today really is about understanding the importance of good plans. Now, God wanted a church to be a strong, flourishing group, a group who reflected Jesus into the community well, but the Christian church, which didn't exist prior to being Jesus being here on earth, um, it had to start from afresh. Now, there was a a, a Jewish temple faith that had gone on for, for centuries. It had a lot of traditions But you see, the impact of the Jewish faith on that time was very limited. Uh, Gentiles or non-Jews were generally not part of this faith. But Jesus came and his mission on earth was to change that. And in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 14, we read, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when... In his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. So in a world which was probably very singular in its faith, God had a plan to build an embracing world faith. Now, to God, people, everyone is essential. Um, And it's essential in his ministry of showing love and salvation to the whole world. Now, Jesus, when he was here for three years, he then commissioned his 12 disciples uh, to go out and to start bringing the message of Jesus to the, to the world. Now in Acts two, um, we see that they obeyed this commission. They preached the gospel and 3000 people believed what they heard. They must've been, must've been like a Billy Graham crusade, but there must've been a lot of people, but 3000, that's a large number. Now, A very serious question arose for them then. They'd been asked to start a new work, but how were they going to do this? How would they build a church uh, from the ground up? Apart from travelling around with Jesus and watching him, they had very little practical experience in building a new work. And it must have seemed a very daunting task to those 12 knowing they were responsible for building a church. Was it an easy time? No, we've just heard about the prayers and and praying for other countries. But this time was a terrible time of persecution. There was a a very strong anti-Jesus group. They had just taken Jesus and hung him on the cross. Uh, Fortunately, he came back. Um, The Roman rulers who controlled all of Israel, they didn't want any interference from a new group. And then we had Paul. We read in scripture how Paul, who was a leader, used to go around the country seeking these new Christians to destroy them. And he, he observed Stephen being stoned. So the church was not started in what you would call an ideal time, but God had his plans. And the thought I've had is that even in despite the fact that it was a tough time, God's plans prevailed. Um, and How did he do it? And this is what we're looking at today. We read in Acts 1 that God started by giving his followers in the upper room a gift of the Holy Spirit. He gave them God's power to enable them. And then the Holy Spirit gives each one of us, each one of Christ's followers, gifts and abilities. And we've just spent some time looking at those. And those are tools to help the church grow. So God didn't leave those disciples by themselves. He helped them, and that's key. Now, I'd also pray at this time that, perhaps as we've talked about the giftings, you have looked for your own giftings. Uh, You look for the giftings that you believe God has given you. But then a key thing is that you are willing to use them for God's glory, to keep building the church. Now, in Acts 2, we find God's plans for a strong growing church laid out, and it is very clear how he wanted his new church to look like. So we're very fortunate that God gave us plans or a blueprint for his work. God's plan was for taking the gospel out to the world, and they worked. Um, Now, just like today where the gospel isn't welcomed in many places, it was welcomed as it started. Now, today, look around you, MCC As part of the continuing Christ centered group, which started 2000 years ago. That's how effective God's plan has been. Now, let's read the plans. Uh, We find them in Acts 2, 42 to 47. Acts 2, 42 to 47, and you might want to look in your own Bibles for this, but I'll read them out. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, those few verses, I believe, contain the plan that God wants us to also follow. So let's go through. We're going to look at each verse and just see what it's actually saying. Now, the first verse, Acts 2, verse 42, Um, the first point and the very important point is that they kept God's word and Jesus' teaching as the main thing. They kept God's word and teaching, Jesus' teaching as the main thing. Now, it says in that verse, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. You see, they got the main thing right. They had a passion about learning about Jesus. Now, I believe this is absolutely essential and incredibly vital. These new believers were from many different locations and backgrounds. Now, some of the Jewish men might have had some sort of scriptural training. A lot of them were given it. The lady certainly didn't get it in those days. Um, there were many ignorant about the person and the ministry of Jesus. So teaching was very vital Those disciples, the apostles, they had a role to teach the truth. The people who had been with and journeyed with Jesus understood who he was, and they taught from their knowledge with the Holy Spirit's help. Now, one of the gifts given to the church for its protection is the gift of discernment. Now, discernment is very vital in the church, and I believe that you should have people always examining what you hear and test it against scripture. In Acts 17, verse 11, we read that this is what the people living in the city of Beria in Macedonia did. And it says, when the apostle Paul shared the gospel with them, they revived the message eagerly, but examined, but examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now, I have known people, teachers, who have given false teaching. And false teaching can very quickly destroy a church. Now, the true word of God, the true word of God, is the strong foundation for the church. Remember, we're talking about plans. It needs a very strong foundation, and that is God's word. Now, what about you personally? Some of you want to share the gospel, but when you share the gospel with anyone, you have, I believe, the opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to equip you with the truth, and you share that truth with confidence. Now, the second point that we learn from Acts about building a strong church is simply this, remembering Jesus by the breaking of bread. And I'll say that again, remembering Jesus by the breaking of bread. And Acts 2.42 goes on, and they say, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So the question we have to ask is who or what is central to a growing Christian church? Now, without question, it is Jesus Christ. This is what happens if we put him to one side. The whole reason for having a church is simply reduced to a mere social club. It really has very little power. So it's absolutely essential, 100% essential to keep the main thing, the main thing, to keep Jesus, his teaching, his stories to the center of church life, not just to one side, but right in the center. And communion is a reminder for us, and this is why we have communion. Not some churches do it weekly. Uh, We do it once a month, but communion is vital in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, we read, For this is what the Lord himself has said about his table, and I have passed it on to you before, that on the night when Judas betrayed him, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks to God for it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take this and eat it. This is my body which is given to you. Do this. remember me in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new agreement between god and you that has been established and set in motion by my blood do this in remembrance of me whenever you drink it every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are retelling the message of the lord's death that he has died for you Do this until he comes again. This is why communion is so very, very essentially important as a part of the Christian church. Now, I I, I look at communion, and I think it's a celebration. And it reminds us of Jesus shedding his blood and the fact that we have become Christians, that we're set apart to God. Our sins are forgiven, and that's amazing. And we receive eternal life as well as the indwelling of the powerhouse of God, the Holy Spirit. It is the reason we have the hope of a wonderful future and are acceptable to our holy God. So keep communion absolutely vital. Remember, we're talking about the plans for building a church, God's church, His way, and He's saying communion is essential. Now, there's another part in the plans. The next part of God's plan for the church is talking to him in prayer. Acts 2.42, and again, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Um, Prayers, Very. I love it, because you've just prayed. Uh, you, You know the power of prayer. Now, for us personally, God loves us to talk to him. I'll say that again. God loves us to talk to him just a normal conversation. You don't have to get all pious and go to a special place. You can talk anywhere. Um, If you're driving, make sure you don't close your eyes, but you can talk to God in any situation. You can praise him. You can thank him. You can ask for his forgiveness to seek his guidance. Now, I need to ask God's forgiveness every day, just about because I'm just a normal person, but he listens and we'll talk more about this Now from Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. Now this is a well-known bit of scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Wow. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. I'll say that again. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a powerful promise from the King of Kings. God is saying that if all of you would seek me, you will find the plans I have for you. Now, we all have plans. We all need to seek God and to listen to his response. And I believe if we want to see God's blessing in our churches, We want to see Jesus transforming power, and we need to see the dynamic ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then what do we do? We need to pray together. Now, I read a book. It was an American who every year, the start of the year, he he brings his church to 40 days of prayer. As many people who can do it, do it. Um, Several years ago, my own church here in New Zealand, we decided to have a week of prayer and fasting. We had prayer meeting at lunchtime, in the evening, and we did it every day. Then we had prayer and praise times. And what a powerful difference that made to our plans and to the growth of the church. Um, we put it to the test, and we saw it working. And I believe it's, uh, if we want to see God's blessings in our churches, Jesus transforming power, that dynamic ministry of the Holy Spirit, things we talk about, but if we really want to see it, then we need to pray together. And for some of you who are at MCC, different parts of the world, find situations, find people in your own church, encourage prayer, and you will see results. Now, there's an interesting thing. In the Old Testament, only the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, he took in a blood sacrifice from uh, all the offerings that were being done And he asked and talked to God. And he prayed to God on behalf of the people. You and I didn't have a chance to actually talk to God. But what a transformation that the death of Jesus on the cross, that heavy curtain that kept everyone out of the Holy of Holies was ripped open wide by God. Now, this is important. We can all pray to God through Jesus, who is our high priest. Uh, He's gone back to heaven and he has a a role to play as our high priest. Romans 8.34 tells us what Jesus, our high priest, is doing now. For he is the one who died for us and came back to life again for us. And this is where he sits and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us there in heaven. See, your prayers aren't wasted. You've got the king of kings' son, Jesus Christ, before him pleading on your behalf and he shares our prayers with his father he shares your prayers doesn't matter how simple they are whatever they are he passes them on so we can have contact with God through Jesus at any time and in all situations now I was thinking um, your emperor in Japan he is quite distant from the people Uh, if you wanted to go and see him you'd have to make an appointment you'd have to have an audience with him and yet, listen to this, you can talk to the King of Kings anytime, in any place, in any situation, and Jesus Christ is passing on those prayers. That is a powerful thing and something that we should always keep in mind. Now, I love that every Sunday, you ask people for prayer requests. It's today, we pray uh, for other, other nations. Sometimes, and a lot of times, you pray for individuals what an encouragement for those people what a blessing that is because they know then that they're not alone and to hear others praying for their situation it must make an incredible difference keep that up make sure you always find out what people's needs are and where you can if they're public put them out there because you've got people who will encourage them with their prayers it's no wonder that prayer was included as part of the plans God had for building a powerful church. Then we come to the fourth part of the God's plan. Listen to this. There will be a sense of awe at what is happening. It won't be awful awe or something that really excites us. There will be a sense of awe at what is happening. Everyone was filled, and this is Acts 2.43, with awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Now, Some of the multitude who were watching and listening uh, had just mocked these disciples when they heard them speaking about Jesus in their own language. And we see that in Acts 2.13. So even in those days, not everyone was receptive to what they were saying about Jesus. In fact, they said in Acts 2.13, but the crowd were mocking. They are drunk. That's all they said. Imagine when you preach the gospel, you were accused of being drunk. And yet that's what the response was. But now listen, this is the difference. Now with the many wonders and signs that were taking place through the apostles, it was so striking and showed the power of God that it produced a general sense of awe. Wow, wonderful. You know that their eyes would be wide open, their ears would be open. They would become receptive to the gospel because they had had seen Jesus at work. And this is the effect that the church should have on the rest of the world. This is why, and you've heard me say this, churches are powerful, powerful places because they have the word of God, they have the power of God, and they can demonstrate the power of God at work. You see, God wants people to stand in awe and wonder in the way that he is working in our lives and in the life of the church. Now, why did people stand in awe? people were filled with awe because they saw the miracles they saw the healings that were happening they saw lives that were being changed people being set free from addictions Uh, and that doesn't just mean drugs it can be all sorts of addictions that can trap us people in need were having their needs met hey this is the church at work in a very hard time and people were seeing god at work and so he should in all our churches people in need and learning the new understanding that life didn't just end with death, but it has eternal life with God. If they are committed Christians. Now I believe that testimonies are so important. Now I wonder, and I'd love to be there right now. And I'd say, stand up and testify with the awe that you've had, what God has done in your life and how your life has been changed. Um, We need to talk about the things that have happened at MCC that have touched and changed the lives of others. Now, most of us could testify that we are in a miracle because we've been touched. Um, And we need to share that. I believe your testimony Sunday is absolutely essential because then just ordinary people hear what God has done in other ordinary people's lives, and that can't be denied. That is your testimony of what God has done, and you should be never ashamed of sharing that. Then there's a fifth part of God's plan for the church that has helped that the people were helping those in need. I'll say that again that in Acts 2 44 to 45, we find that the church people were helping those in need, and there's plenty of those in our community. Now, all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. There is desperation out there, um, and we often need to reflect on that and help where we can. Now, MCC, we come from many different nations, and we speak different languages. Um, I didn't understand a word on that, Sheet that we had up before that was that taku prayed for uh, it's not my language and yet other people with english other languages all together and it's an amazing thing and you listen to this when we meet together then our ethnicity our race our color our age our position in society our social status whether we're rich or poor it does not matter to god he's not interested in that but he blesses the church that shows his care and love for all people. And that is awesome because this is not what happens in many countries and groups in the world today. My son, living in Ethiopia, um, they've had to be very careful. There's a war going on in one section of Ethiopia. Um, it was fighting over some issue. Uh, you go into some countries. I mean, look at the states. They're, they're, they've had to guard all up right around where the... President lives, they're telling people to be at this absolutely amazing time to to be calm so that they don't, and they're fighting their own people just over political things. So we know that it happens, but the church should be a center where we care for each other. Um, We're all together and we are one in Jesus' name. And I believe the practical application of this care was shown in this first church, they cared and they helped practically. You see new believers came from all over the Roman Empire. Some of them needed housing. Some of them had perhaps travelled and they needed food. The Holy Spirit worked in the members of the new church to make sure everyone had enough. They cared. Verse 44, they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now that scripture can cause a lot of problems so let me explain it a bit better what does it actually mean to sell our possessions and share um in my experience churches are a real mixture of needs uh some people have very little and some have huge wealth but what i have experienced in that Chris, is that christians have a very caring attitude a church should be caring in its attitude And this care is demonstrated when things are shared. I believe that God, through his Holy Spirit, prompts people to care. Uh, Now, as a church, you help finance missionaries. Um, that live in different places, but you care. You give to causes that look after people struggling with poverty. Now, my church here in New Zealand, my home church, runs a, a, a food bank. And we're involved every Friday morning with that. Uh, money comes into a fund, and every Friday we sort out fruit and vegetables that are, that are given by supermarkets. Then it's distributed to those in need. This is just one way that a church can help. But here, because they probably didn't have a food bank, they said, well, let's sell our possessions that we don't need. Not everything, otherwise they'd need it. They sold their possessions so that they can help. Now, there's a very interesting part of this. Um, I've had to think about this. The big question about our possessions, possessions, your possessions, stuff that who actually owns them? You might say, well, look, uh, we've worked very hard. We've made money and we've bought them. So they must be mine. But a very important question remains. How fast do you hold on to them? Or do you see everything you have as a blessing? You see, if we see everything as a blessing that we possess as a gift from God, um, it changes our perspective on ownership. Suddenly um, it's not ours. It's it's something we've been blessed with. So therefore, does it matter if we actually lose it, if we pass it on? So that's a very important truth. And I've had to learn that over the years. And I must say it's been a, a wonderful thing. Matthew 6 verses 19 to 21 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin, or rust as it says sometimes, destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. This is the important part. For where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. Um, So who owns your stuff? Are you able to uh, see it as a gift from God? And if not, perhaps you should think that one through. I see in the newsletter that MCC has a mission budget over top of the Sunday giving. I strongly believe that God loves to pour out his blessing through a generous church to those in need. Now, I'll say that again. Your MCC, all the churches, can be a channel for God's blessing into the world around them. God blesses the church and individuals when they meet the needs of others by being that channel. Um, Very important truth, and that's what God wanted them at that first church. Here's my plans. You care for people. You love people. Don't hold on to your stuff if it's not necessary. If it's excessive, get it. Get rid of it. The sixth part of God's plan of the church is that they worshipped together regularly. You see, people worshipping together was absolutely important to God. He didn't want to be the church, a whole pile of individuals. He wanted people to come together. The early Christians clearly emphasised the importance of worshipping together regularly. Acts two forty six to 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. You see, meeting together regularly plays an important part of a growing, strong church. Now, I know that it's been very difficult during COVID. And let me say thank you for those people who have been faithful to MCC or faithful to what you, uh, to your friends in in this very tough time. Um, You're blessed and you're a blessing. Now, what is Christian fellowship and why is it so important? The New Testament word for fellowship, which is koinonia, expresses the idea of being together for mutual benefit, or being together for mutual benefit. In other words, helping each other. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Now let's us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. I'll say that again. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. And encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, our, I believe one of our key roles as Christians is to come together. And it must be very something very important that actually stops us meeting. Uh, and of course, with and with COVID, some of you are on Zoom, some of you come to the church, but you're making the effort. And what a blessing you are. Now, there are two reasons for fellowship with other believers, and it's important because it helps express love to one another and it encourages good works. Now, it helps express love, you know, by being here on Zoom or being in the church, other people look at you and say, hey, look, you know, we've got people around us who care for the same things we do. What a blessing you are. You see, Christian fellowship also impacts unbelievers Jesus told his disciples in John thirteen thirty-five, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John thirteen thirty-five, by all this all people will know that you are my disciple. If you have love for one another. See how important it is? God knows how important relationships are. So this is why he planned his plans for growing a powerful church are included. Now, last year we came. We are only in Tokyo for three months. But you made Lynn and I very welcome as strangers. And we appreciated that. From the moment we walked in, you made us feel welcome. Um, I love the Saturday night things you used to have at least once a month where there was a speaker and some nice food. um, And we were blessed. Um, You invited us to have fellowship as strangers. And yet it blessed us. And still continues to be a blessing. Thank you to those who worked so hard to make this happen. And you've made, you know, you use your giftings. And let me say, the food was nice too. So that was, I did enjoy that. But the sixth part of God's plan for the church is they met in small groups and in homes. Verse uh, 46 and Acts 2. They worshiped together regularly at the temple each day. In other words, they... They stayed in the community, even though it was a Jewish community and not their new Christian one, but they met. They met in small groups in homes for communion. Now, this is straight out of Scripture. And shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness, praising God. Um, Loneliness. Let's talk about loneliness for a minute. You see, many people are lonely. It's a common thing. Many people lead quiet, lonely lives especially with the lockdowns that have been enforced on us. Some of you have retired and you've left your busy social lives and you find yourself alone and lonely. A lot of people do not have friends who they can share their life with. Now that is a fact and it's coming out often uh, in the news, uh, the loneliness of people. But we all need friends. We need their support and we need a sense of belonging now, in a place like tokyo we used to travel on the the, the evening uh, commuter trains just from time to time to see what it was like to have 45 50 people all standing in the foyer area of the train shoulder to shoulder almost nose to neck but you know we felt alone we had all those people around us but we were still alone and some people experience that now what about today you may be sitting next to someone in church or uh, probably slightly different if you're on Zoom, but could be someone next to you who is actually lonely. So why don't you do something? Turn around to them. You may have already done this, but turn around and smile. You might be the first person who's actually smiled at them all this week. And they'll think, wow, someone smiled at me. Brilliant. Um, now, I know that in a big, wide city like Tokyo, uh, it's not always easy to be able to meet together because you're too far apart. But I would like to encourage you to do that if you don't do it. Just find someone in your area, meet up, have coffee together, uh, share life together, do one or two things together. Uh, and I believe that if we can have life groups, home groups, um, you have your Wednesday prayer meeting with it's going, um, but it's so vital between Sunday to Sunday, to actually have someone who you can share life with, and we call them life groups, Um, and encourage each other, because it does, to encourage. Now, we're getting near the end of this, but the eighth part of God's plan for the church is very, very important. They praise God, this is verse 8, and enjoyed the favor of all the people, and Acts 2.47 says, praising God and having favor of all the people you see, praise is an expression of approval or admiration. We praise God when we acknowledge and appreciate what He has done and is doing for us. God is worthy of our praise. We have so many things to praise Him for. And I believe that a successful church, a successful church, one that's growing, one that's really humming along, will be one that takes praise God seriously. Um, you have your times of singing. That's praising, but people could stand up. Praise God for what he's done for me this week. It's a testimony, a short statement. I'm so thankful that I'm a Christian because God has helped me. Um, that's praise. Um, we can praise God with our finance. Well, thank you, God, you've given me enough to feed this week, but here's a little bit extra, and I'd love to share that with you and give it to you to help someone else. Um, but also, now I think this is very, very important. Um, Don't isolate yourself as a Christian from your community. Now, in the past, I've been on high school boards. I've been on two school boards. Uh, I've got involved in a number of things. Uh, I used to go to water ski camps. Um, We did things with other people who never went near the church. But they love to see you. They know who you are. And they love to uh, probably trip you up. But when you are strong in your faith, you can be strong, and this is so important. Don't isolate yourself as a Christian. In Jesus' prayer to God for us, he said in John 17, 16 to 18, they are not of the world. Now, that means that as Christians, we don't share the same values as the world, even as I am not of it. Remember, he was a sinless person. We do sin, but we are still got God's values. We've got the Holy Spirit helping us. We're not part of the world sanctify them by the truth your word is true as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world in other words jesus says go and be light and salt come and share your faith where you can just be good do stuff you know that people oh he's a christian um now our citizenship is actually in heaven we have different values different attitudes to the world but as Christians, we do have an important role to be an impact out in the world and at the same time reflect our Christian values. It's important that we also have friends and activities. I try and make a friend who doesn't go anywhere near the church. We just live together. We do stuff. We enjoy each other's company. We help each other. Um, they probably think, I'm nuts being a Christian, but they're curious, and that gives the opportunity to share and to encourage Um Now, we need to show care and Christian-based values and wisdom. We need to let people see our faith in action. Here's a good example. Jesus wasn't popular amongst the religious. Why? Because he was known as a friend of the sinners. He spent time with the people that society despised, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the the people who the the religious world looked down on. But he spent time and he shared his life and what he could offer them. He found a lot of favour. That's why it's in the scripture to build a church. Now we've come to the end. We've talked a lot about the plans. Is there a result? Is there a consequence if we run our churches God's way? We will see that, and the outcome of the church who follow these plans will see this. God will add to their numbers. Acts 2.47, and the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Uh, it doesn't say because they preached well. It doesn't say that they uh, were nice to people, but when you put all the things in God's plan together and you run your church that way, it happened then, and I believe, and I've seen it happen here. Um, God will add. People will come out of curiosity. They'll be drawn by the Holy Spirit because God knows that those people will be cared for. Jesus calls the church to be his witness to the world. And as a result of the church doing all these things in God's plans, when they were put into place, it's the most amazing thing. I'll finish with this. A healthy Christian community attracts people to Christ. Now, MCC must have attracted visitors, people curious. They go past, what's going on in here? They talk to you, your neighbours. Oh, what do you do? What do you believe? Um, They see your enthusiasm. And the Jerusalem church had zeal for worship and love for people, and it was contagious. Um, I see some churches grow, but sadly some stop growing. I strongly believe that when the church does it God's way, he is so pleased that you can expect growth. He is so pleased that he'll say, there's a church who cares for my people. Um, They'll get there. Now, let me pray today that as we do our part, that God will add our numbers as he did then. The church is now in a very hard time of history, just like it was then. 3,000 came on board in one go. Imagine if Sunday after Sunday, new people were coming in, being exposed to God's word, seeing communion, being loved, being cared for, um, being treated with dignity. Uh, If they needed help, they were helped. Um, People offering, let's go and have coffee together. Let's do life together. Wow. The impact I believe would be enormous. So let me just say, bless you and all your efforts of showing Japan, the love of God. Uh, let me say that again bless you and all your efforts mcc for showing japan the love of god you're a powerful powerful group never forget that and god loves you and i know that